Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. What's up, Dale? Jim, how's everyone doing? Great. How are you doing? doing Good. Great. I'm doing. I'm doing something you shouldn't attempt at home, guys. I am operating a motor vehicle while starting a podcast for at least the first two minutes. I'm actually. I'm actually outside my office. I got stuck behind at the train tracks and didn't quite make it. Anyway, we are diving into realtor mindset today, and I have a lot of friends in this industry that I've known for a long time. I'd say very few of them have as amazing a mindset as our guest host today, Dale Kessler. Dale, I mean, if, you, if they missed last week's episode on REO, first of all, you are an REO legend, right? But if, you're, if you missed that one, um, go back and listen to last week's. At least you can drop a link to that recording in the chat box for anyone who missed it. But uh, I have watched you transform, like absolutely transform in the years I've known you. So I just want to start because mindset's a word that's thrown around so often. And sometimes people are like, I got a good mindset. Sometimes like it's, it's junk, but I, I mean, I, you have transformed in such a way. And I see you also helping agents, you know, in your company around you that to transform too. Let's just start with a basic question that I'm going to get out of, out of my car and go to my office, which is I'm sitting outside right now. So deal. I'm going to start with this one. Did you always have this amazing mindset or do you agree that you had a pretty dramatic transformation over your, your, your career? I have definitely had a dramatic transformation over my, not only over my career, but from the time I was a kid until when I started in my career. Um, if we go way back, I mean, I grew up a single mom, uh, didn't know my dad till I was five. He was kind of in and out of my life for a while and not having a good father figure didn't necessarily put me in the best mindset. It was one of those situations where I would start playing some sports because I thought it was something I might be interested in. And then something would happen. And, and my mom was always supportive of me, but at the same time, she was always like, look, if you don't want to do it, you can just, just quit. It's, it's fine. So she not on purpose, but she unknowingly had kind of put that I can start something and quit it when I want, if it, if things get tough and that I would say, unfortunately took me a little bit more, time to develop as I got older. Um, but thankfully when I was in, um, uh, just going into junior high school, um, I had a, a, a kid move in next door to me who was super popular, played all kinds of sports, he moved into the beginning of summer. We became friends because we had a lot of things we both liked to do like four wheelers and hiking and mountain biking. And in order to hang out with him, I had to start playing sports. Like I had to start doing things. Uh, I realized I like basketball. I started playing basketball. I tried out for the team, got on the team. And at the end of that year, one like most improved player and, and those types of things. Um, winning that shifted me forever because I stuck it out. I actually was emotionally rewarded at the end of it. And that feeling made me feel so good. I never quit anything ever again. Um, that was probably the first time that I ever experienced anything like that. So that took me down the path of, of being phys physically fit, um, not quitting anything anymore, didn't do well in high school, got to community college, realized I didn't want to work in a factory. So 
I started to apply myself. And when I started to apply myself, I realized, hey, this, this thought that we had when I was in high school that I wasn't a very smart kid isn't true. I just never worked. I just never stayed dedicated to it. Uh, I ended up doing very well in community college, got into a very good university, uh, graduated with honors with an accounting degree, worked for a big five firm, and just really started to, to have the right mindset. And, and during college, I'd also have to say, um, I was exposed to Tony Robbins' personal power. So in college, I got these tapes. It was a 30-day long thing. And I went through them. I started blueprinting what I wanted my life to look like for the next 5, 10, 15 years. And it is a big truth that when you write things down and you start to focus on them, you move in that direction. So the the thoughts that you have consistently will help determine what the outcomes of your life are going to look like. Yeah. And I dig that was, and thank you for giving the whole backstory. Cause actually I just heard stuff I'd never even knew about you. Um, I mean, when I first met you, you had already developed this mindset of like, okay, you are one of the most determined driven people I've known that just goes forward, but yet it's still not a linear straight line, even in the, the years of real estate, right? Cause you had these great REO years and REO started trailing off and your business was, I mean, you sell a lot of houses, but it's still, there was some up and down, correct? Like, well, how do you, how do you handle when there's that, that up and down? Uh, so the up and down thing was a, was a huge ego shot. Um, you know, it, it, I do well in REO and I'm, I'm very thankful for the business that I have, the clients that I have, uh, the team that's around me, but there came a point and this is, listen, this is even in the last six months to a year where, Due to the pandemic, there's really not any REO out there. What I had in inventory was dwindling. And in order for me to cover my, my bills, I had to start getting back into the traditional business. And it's not something that I ever really mastered because I found my niche in the beginning of my career within about two years of doing real estate uh, and just went, you know, blinders on, focused. That's it. REO is my game. Uh, so I stayed there. So I, I would be lying if I said that the traditional side of the business didn't in some way, shape or form intimidate me. I feel very powerful in the REO space. I know my stuff. I'm known for that. And that makes you feel proud. And that makes you feel strong. We tend to shy away from the things that we're not so good at, or we may look a fool, you know? So you have to get over that. I'm going to look foolish, or I don't know how to do this. So I'm not, or I'm going to keep putting it off. And I run into the same issues. Look, there's a lot of things in my life. I'm very, very focused and motivational and, and all those things, but I have the same problems. Everybody does. You have them. Jim has them. Lisa, everybody has these things where we keep putting things off because we're scared. Like, let's clean the office. I got to clean the office before I make these calls. You know, I don't want to call these FISBOs yet. It's got to be clean. Then you find another reason. And oh, wait, wait a minute. It's a little too late. I'll do it tomorrow. And then that turns out to be three weeks, six months, a year, and you're still in the same place. You know, Jim, I see you nodding your head because I like I, I love that we're eight minutes in and Dale's already addressing the ego loss, being willing <laughs> to look foolish. Because truly, like that's where I was hoping we were going to go in this conversation. Because we've talked about this stuff offline for years. Why are you nodding your head, Jim? I see you nodding and smiling. Because I, I mean, I just I've been through that exact same thing, you know, over the past three years. Like as as 
REO has dwindled. You know, we both went through this transition. Like, you know, we had sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of properties. And so on the surface, it looks like we're very successful real estate agents, right? But then REO dries up and we have to learn this entire new thing. And for me, you know, that was my, at the time, 14th year in real estate. It's now I'm a 14 year successful veteran of this business. And I have to go and do something that I've never done before, which is go out and get listings and buyers. Well, let's do. I mean, let's put this in context for any agent listening, because it's only a small group of us that did a lot of REO at a high level. For any agent, you might have had a great year in your career, and then the market changed, something shifted, and now you're like, okay, what do I do now? Or maybe you were newer to real estate, but you did something else in another career where you were successful, and then you got into real estate. Because very few people join real estate at like 18, 19. Agreed, guys. Like, I mean, it's. I think it's rare. This is a second, third career for most people. So, so Dale, what you're talking about. It's this transformation. I think every human being listening to this can relate at some level to what, what you went through. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the great thing about it. As we get older, we're able to share our experiences. That's why having 22-year-old life coaches doesn't work. I'm not listening to you. Show me your sexy fitness body and you're 23 and you're trying to teach me to be like train me. I could eat donuts all day long and not train and still look good when I was that age. Come talk to me when you're 44, like I am, and seven, eight percent body fat and can crush the 22 year olds. Come talk to me when you're my age. Let's see where you're at. Now, I want someone at, at that age when I'm in my early 20s, I want someone who is older to be able to, to, to help me bring my ego down. You know, again, and this is in hindsight. I would love for someone, if I was at that age, to be able to look at someone and say, wow, I want to look like that guy or girl when I get to that age. How are you still doing this? Like, how are you doing this at your age? And I want to extract from them what it is they've actually had to do over the years to make sure that fitness stayed a part of their life, or they stayed high level on business, or they have a, a wonderfully connected family vibe. Like, you have to look to those people because it, it, it's, it's not just going to happen. You have to work at it. There are people who are, who are capable of, of being very focused, but I'm not one of those people. I am ADD all day long and, and then some, but mm. I know where I want to go. I know what I want to do. And I know how I have to keep training this to keep it on point. There, there are times that I'm sitting in front of this computer and all of a sudden the thought comes in, you know, I really could use a new stand for my phone when I'm doing some video. Maybe I should run up to Dan's camera. And all of us, I'm like, dude, stop. Get back into the game here. Yeah. You bring up a really, really good point, which is um, mentorship in this business and how important it is. And so like as a new agent, I highly, highly, highly encourage you to go out and find someone that, that to, to mentor you. And as, as experienced agents, um, we should be looking for people to mentor and give back because um, it's needed in this business. And we, we have gifts and we need to share them with people. You do. But I think even as an experienced agent, like I'm, I've been doing this 18 years, I'm looking for people, not so much. I mean, I still look for mentors outside of real estate, but inside real estate, I look for people to model after right? Like what Dale just said, I look at someone and both these guys, just so you know, anyone listening, Dale and Jim were both 
competitive fitness, best fitness competitors, like, like bodybuilding. So it's kind of interesting hearing your perspective and take on, I didn't realize you were a super ADD deal that I just assume you're just like naturally focused dude. Um, <laughs> do, do you still find in your business, you look for people to model that even at this level, you're like, okay, someone's got this business. They're doing this thing. It looks like this. I'm going to figure out how to model and go recreate what they're doing. Definitely. And listen, when I first came up in REO, it's what I did. There, there's a, a guy local here who had, um, He's he's in Gary Keller's now. I don't know if he's in the newer rendition, but like say the first or second rendition of the millionaire real estate agent, the guy's quoted in the book. His name's Jack Gross. Look him up. Like the guy's an REO machine. Uh, he was getting all the business. And I was like, how's this guy getting all this business? And then I just dug into him a little bit and I was like, wow, he's even quoted here. Wow, he's got he's got rental properties and he's got all this REO and he owns a brokerage. I want to be like that guy. Never could talk to him. Never could talk to him, but I could see what he was doing. I printed out a picture from the MLS. I printed his picture out, put it right next to my desk, and I looked at it every day. And I said, I want to be like this guy. Like I'm going after this guy, not in a bad way, in a good way. Like I I want to be that REO guy like this guy is. So I just, it, it kept me motivated. You have to find what works for you. Putting someone's picture on the wall may not work for you. It may be something different. Your motivator may be a family, like a, a family member. Your motivator may be there's something that you want to uh, ob obtain, for, you know, a car. It, it doesn't matter what it is. There's nothing wrong with wanting something more. If it's a material thing, that's fine. We all just have to understand that Money, it's not that money buys happiness, but the things that money brings us and we can then share it with other people who are deserving in our family and all those types of things. It's, it's what that's going to get us. It's also a scorecard, you know, like the deals that we do and the business that we grow and how big we make that can also be looked at as a scorecard. There, there's a lot of people out there who will say, you know, money's not everything and they'll go down that path. I don't even have that conversation with people anymore. Like you're only saying that because you don't have any and you don't want to do any work. And I'm, and I'm not saying that to be cliche. It's the truth. Like you need money to accomplish a lot of things in this world. I, I look forward to the day when I can drop a half a million to a million dollars on a charity or something that I can just give it away and it doesn't impact my life at all. I'm starting to think on that level. And this just started kicking in in the last three, four or five weeks. Because I had to ask myself better questions is really what it comes down to. From a motivational standpoint, the questions that you ask yourself are going to determine the quality of your life. If you can learn to ask better questions, you're going to get better answers. You're going to get better results. You know, I, I see people post in different Facebook groups about, I saw something earlier today regarding Putting a property under contract in 24 hours does your seller a disservice. And I was like, well, that's one opinion. But if the seller's not motivated by money and they don't want people trampling through their house and they like the number they got, there's nothing wrong with that. We all let our ego kind of get in the way. Now, had that person, instead of posted that, asked themselves the question, if I didn't have this belief about what I'm about to say, what other things could be true? Now, all of a sudden, they start asking themselves different questions. I think 24 hours is a disservice to the seller. Well, had you not had that thought, what other things might be true? 
So if you didn't believe 24 hours of disservice and you did put it under 24, why might there be a good reason to do that? Now they're starting to spin their gears and they start to realize, well, there's other answers that could make sense. Well, maybe they're not motivated by money or maybe they're so busy they don't want people in their house all the time. They'll start asking themselves better questions. And that's where it comes down to being like super critical that you ask yourself the right questions. So good. Dude, I, I mean, I've just, I, I've, I've heard Tony Robbins say that some other leaders, that, that's something I repeat all the time about asking yourself better questions, but the way you've internalized and put into action, Jim, do you, do you have the same dialogue with yourself in terms of the questions you ask or do you, are you guys on a similar path there? 100%, you know, like um, Dale was 100% right in saying that, um, your life is based on the questions you ask yourself and the, be the better questions you ask, the better answers that you're going to get. Um, <clears throat> so it's all about, you know, looking, looking into yourself deeply and seeing um, the questions that you're asking yourself and figuring and figuring that stuff out. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a game changer for sure. And listen, you got to build a habit. It's got to be reinforced. Do I always ask myself better questions? No. Do I sometimes get angry and get pissed off? And I'm like, I'm not asking myself any other questions. I'm mad. Yes, I get those, I get those things. But if you can stop for a second and just say, something bad has just happened to me. And, I, and back in the day when something really bad happened to me, everything shut down for like a week or two easy. If it was really bad, it could have been even worse. But I realized over time, and this is where that experience comes in, over time, when I pulled my head out of my butt and I started to like actually ask questions on, all right, how can I solve this problem? It always turned out either just okay, great, never turned out even close to as horrible as the things that I imagined in my head. So when that happens enough, you finally sometimes, which happened to me because I have good mentors and they're like, when are you going to stop the insanity? When are you going to stop allowing yourself to go into this pit, into this dark place for weeks at a time, and you're just wasting time? When are you going to start asking yourself, what could right now, what could I learn from this right now? How could I change this right now? When are you going to start asking yourself these questions? Because you are killing yourself with this. Like, those are the, those are my friends. Those are my mentors. They're not putting their hand on my shoulder, patting my head. It's okay, man. You know, I, you know, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be this. No, my mentors, friends, colleagues, the people who are around me that love me, they're going to pull me out of that quick. And they're going to tell me, listen, you need to get your head out of your ass. You screwed up. You, you got to own it. What do you do from here? Like, you're not perfect, dude. You screwed up. You're doing this wrong. Those are your friends. Your friends are not those people who are trying to coddle you. Those people that are trying to coddle you, what they're doing, they don't want you to grow. They want you to stay right here with them and not become a better version of yourself. They may not be doing it consciously, but subconsciously the problem is then they have to start asking themselves, why am I not growing? Why am I not getting better? Why am I not hyper-focused? You want to surround yourself with people like Jesse, with like Jim, Lisa, everybody. Like These people you. motivate me. People like you. I'm glad Jim finally smiled. I'm like, Jim, he just said 
people got to tell him to pull his head out of his butt. That's funny, man. Like when he's, he's spot what, what questions do you have for him, Jim? Um, well, what I, the, the, like the thing that keeps coming to mind for me right now is that, uh, you know, how do we put this in practice? What, what, are, what are some daily things that we can do to, to put these things in practice? And, and something that has been working really well for me is, um, is journaling. And, uh, and, and, and specifically creating daily um, affirmations and daily gratitudes and, and, you know, getting up in the morning, um, writing out three or four or five things that um, you're, that you're grateful for that happened yesterday that you're grateful for for today. Um, and then affirming three to five things that you are calling into your life and, and, and into existence and can, doing that on a daily basis. And then journaling with, you know, like um, just about your day um, can really pull a lot of this stuff into existence. Do you do any of that Dale? Uh, I do. I, I don't journal. So I'm full transparency. Like, do I think it's a good idea? Yes. Do I journal? Nope. Don't. Do I have something that that keeps me focused that I do every morning? Yes. So I have a folder on my phone um, that are, it's kind of like a vision board, but I just have a folder of all the things that I want in my life. Um, I have pictures of, of, you know, beautiful homes and, and all the, and the material things. I have pictures of, they're not per se my family, but I have pictures of, of, a, of a beautiful family of great relationships, people happy connecting in, in business and in their personal lives. Like I have pictures of these things that just make me smile. And when I look at them, it's like, this is why I do what I do. People who are physically fit, you know, all of those things are, are big parts of my life and they're things that I want in my life. So again, in order to attract those things and stay focused on them every day, Every morning when I get up, I look at them and I'm like, these are the things I want. Like I'm brushing my teeth. I pull that thing up and I'm like, yeah, like, this is what I want. This is what I want. And I just start getting that mindset going. Um, I do enjoy working out first thing in the morning. Some people enjoy getting up, getting right to work. They'll get up 4.35 o'clock and they're working first. They'll maybe do the workout thing a little later. You just got to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. and, you know, people getting up at 4, 4.30, that's awesome. But people work until two o'clock in the morning. That's awesome too. Just figure out what works for you. Now, telling yourself that I am not a morning person, if you have never truly attempted to be a morning person, that's not okay. Like, at what point did you set that limitation on yourself? <laughs> you know, I, I used to be up super late at night, but I could also get up early in the morning. So I've never really had that struggle. Um, but I know a lot of people do that. So maybe. You might want to try and flip it on its head. Maybe for a while, if you're a night person, try to do the morning thing and see if that works better for you. You know, at, at the end of the day, what you're doing at night is after six, seven, eight o'clock, everything starts calming down and not so many people are trying to get a hold of you. So you have time to work. In the morning, it's the same thing. Nobody's bugging you at 4.30 to 6.37 in the morning. So you have that focus time. But it may work better for you that in the morning, hit those things hard because they take the most of your brain cells versus at night after you've already gone through the day and you've been beat down a little bit. I find that that works better for me to hit those those tasks that take a lot of my a lot of my brain power trying to hit them early.
hundred percent. I think that um, certain things you do when you said know yourself, Dale, they make sense, but there's certain things that are universal truths that I hear over and over when we do these interviews. You just said, do the important things early, right? I have yet to hear anyone come on here and say, you know what? I wait till the end of the day to do the most important stuff. Is that no, like everyone does the same basic patterns because there's a reason why they work. So we got about five minutes left. Is there anything else? Because you do a lot of these trainings, you do a lot of teaching people. Is there anything else that you see agents generally making? I won't say a mistake because you said you got to figure out what works for you, but anything you see that we haven't covered yet, they're like, ah, it, when agents recognize to shift this, it makes a big difference. It is stop being a one dimensional douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. What does that mean to you? So any of us can have an amazing body if we sacrifice everything else in our life, our relationships with people, our business, our spirituality, our relationship, our connection to ourself, to, our, to God, to whoever, whatever that is for you. We can all be very one dimensional. When I built my first, like build the business up the first time. I was very one dimensional, still worked out, but I didn't eat a lot. I didn't eat healthy. Um, I didn't stay focused on all those things. I definitely didn't try to build relationships. Uh, I, I just wasn't doing those things. And it almost destroyed me. Like I had all this business, but I had nothing else. Like I was empty. I was angry all the time, you know? And, and, and that was when a lot of that shifting that you mentioned, Jesse, that's when that started to happen. I found mentors who taught me that this is not okay. Like what you want to be is you want to be four-dimensional. You want to have a great body. You want to have, you know, a great body, fitness, health, internal and external. You want to have a great business. You want to do things to build that. You want to have great relationships, not just with your spouse and kids, but with your, with, with your coworkers and all an extended family. You want to build strong relationships. And you also want to have a connection with yourself from a spiritual standpoint. Again, whatever that is for you. Um, when I started to really become more four-dimensional, and I'm not perfect with it, you know, I, sometimes, and again, sometimes, like now that I'm spending more time doing traditional business, I have to focus more on the business side than maybe I do on my physical fitness because I've spent 20-some years building that. So I'm a little bit more focused on that, but after I start to really get it, now we refocus again and just try to constantly move things around the way they need to, but never exclusively focusing on one thing. When you do, and you're only focused on one thing, you're going to have a lot of problems show up in your life. You might build a great business as a realtor, but the thing you were doing it for your family, your wife, she just left you. Like your kids don't know who you are because when you're home, you're not home. Now, all of a sudden, the thing you were doing it for, it just it's gone. It's not worth it. Is totally not worth it. Yeah. It's, I hope, I'm actually glad there's a lot of people who are live on the Zoom with us that uh, they have their camera off this morning. Normally I try to like tell people to turn their camera on, they get engaged, but I feel like this topic is so like self-respect, reflexive, right? It's like looking internally. So I hope everyone's got their camera off who's here is sitting there looking at their own life and not, not critically, but just looking at it, observing, making, becoming aware to where, how things are showing up for them is what Dale's saying resonating. Are you like, I got a good balance life or, or, is he, or is he hitting the nail on the head? I think there's so many things that, um, Jim, we got like two minutes. Is there anything else you want to, you want to ask Dale or point out before we, uh, we bring this all together? <clears throat> I just like to, I, to, to boil that whole summary down. I think, um, what Dale is saying is that balance 
is the key to happiness. Right. I mean, um, you know, it is just don't just do not equate that to, I constantly have to have hundred percent balance. That's not what it is. And unfortunately, a lot of, I used to take it that way. Yeah. And I realized that's not the case. You're going to always be unbalanced. Do not ever let it swing so far one direction. Constantly keep juggling the different directions it needs to go. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to consistently expand if you keep growing as a person. Now, this thing that wasn't so big is, it's made this a little imbalance. Cool. Now I got to start moving back this way. You got you to gotta just constantly be moving that around and leveling it up and leveling it up and leveling it up. Yeah. It's great stuff. That was one of the best descriptions of balanced but unbalanced I've ever heard, Dale. Seriously. That's awesome. Lisa, if you want to make a note, I'd love that Brent edit that part into a clip. Um, you guys, tomorrow we've got Amy Izzo is going to be here with two truths and a lie real estate style, which I'm excited. I don't even know what that's going to be. I'm kind of cool. It's kind of a, it's a new feature she's doing. Um, Dale, this is awesome. I think we have you here back here again another week or two, don't we? Yeah. Yep. All right. Cool. I'm excited. Always excited to, to hop on. And Jim, thanks for, thanks for guest hosting me. I mean, truly guys, Dale, me and Jim have known each other for so many years. It's really fun to kind of dig into this and be able to unpack some of the things that this is what we used to talk about when we travel around the country and we go and visit all these REO asset managers and hanging out in hotels and random cities. And we're like, this this is what we used to do at 11 at night when everyone else was sleeping and have these deep discussions. We're we're just weirdos like that. It's it's part of the fun. So Dale, thanks. This is awesome, dude. Thanks for being here. Guys, guys. we'll see you tomorrow. Bye guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.